Welcome to Not Just Rainbows and Unicorns, a podcast made with love in Kalamazoo, Michigan by Nicole and Michael Van Putten. We take topics we find interesting and we research them online. Then we get together each week and we talk about them. You can visit us online at notjustrainbows.net. There you can view show notes, add your comments, or send us your suggestions for future episodes. Happy podcast day, Nicole. It's uh, It's been a few. What have you been up to, gorgeous? Uh, you know... This and that. Stuffs. You know. The things. Here and there. Sorry. Moving my desk. Well, you know, it's important to have everything situationally organized and ready to go. And boy, are we. We've got a good list of notes for today. We might not even get through all of them. I don't know. There might be like 18 episodes worth of stuff here. Double episode. Multi-episode. Where should we get started? I uh, The first note I see is that... Everybody should trust your opinions. <laughs> uh, Listeners, trust Nicole. She's right. Almost well, always. Well, yeah. I was I was looking at some reviews for other things because our stove has been a little bit hmm, grumpy lately. It's been a little bit grumpy because, you know, it's from the 80s. Our stove is a little bit older. I... I accept the fact that it's going to be grumpy. It's it's considered vintage. I know. Vintage. I know. Vintage it's, ovens. Is that even a market? Surprisingly, it is. But most of the stoves that I consider vintage are from the 40s and 50s. I don't really consider 80s vintage, but I guess, depending on how old you are, there you go. 80s yeah. vintage. For, technically 40 years ago, 30 to 40 years ago. 40, yeah. So... 40 i think well probably younger than 40 but 80s so depends on if you divide by pi or not yeah, i don't know um so it it can't be repaired they don't make parts for it anymore kenmore which, has which parts just, are failing on this this bad boy i just think the heating element needs to be replaced it either gets really way too hot or the it, it the heating element just Are we talking needs... about the ones on the surface or the ones inside of the oven? Well. All of them. What? Huh? Heating what? elements. A term that's described for the elements that heat up on an oven. These elements are located on the top surface of the oven oh, or the on burners. the inside. Which the ones burners. need okay. to be? Well, I'm thinking about the oven. So there's not heating elements on the outside of the oven because that would be there ridiculous. Are. That's what they're called. But those are the burners. Oh, okay. Those would be. yeah. The, so. so going back to the first thing, we should trust Nicole's opinions. Nicole is Lord. Hallelujah. I just, I when I do research on something, I really do my research and I test the product out and I, I know what I'm talking about. Would I repurchase a Kenmore Elite 40-inch range? Yes, I would. From the 1980s. From the 1980s. Yeah, I would because we have one and it's... Would you buy one in the 2020s? I don't know because I don't know anything about the current model that they're making, I have no idea. I've been researching stoves and do they make a 40 inch stove? Beats me. I don't, I think they do. I would imagine somebody does, but every time I go to look it up, it's always, oh yeah, we have a 40 inch stove. It's 36 inches. It's like my refrigerator purchasing 
So you take the oven Escapade. out, you put the new one in, and you have like a gap. Right. It's like when I went to buy the refrigerator and the young woman did not help me at all. 36 inches is not 40 inches. That is the equal sign with the line through it. It does not equal the same thing. So I need to call a appliance, a, one of those fancy appliance stores where they just sell appliances, not used appliances and new appliances in the same building, but one of those fancy places where when you are very wealthy and you're designing your kitchen, they're like, sure, I could help you. Do those what? even exist anymore? Oh yeah, we have a couple of them in our, our city. So you don't could... just have to go to Best Buy or... No, you can go to a fancy. So I need to go to one of those places and I I think me getting a new stove is going to be a heart-stopping large amount of money the problem not the problem the thing about this is that i looked it up and yes our stove does need to be replaced eventually does it still work yes there are ways around it i have an oven thermometer i know that if i want to bake something at 350 i have to set the oven to like 315 because it gets too hot there are hot spots it is a lot of work but i looked it up and a Old appliances are eventually, it's better to replace them because they use a lot of electricity. For instance, when we, before we replaced our dryer and our washing machine, I loved those appliances. I loved my old washer and dryer. What I did not realize before I replaced my washer and dryer is that I did not love them as much as I thought I did because our, my new dryer is it's amazing. It's really amazing. Like my old dryer, when I would throw a blanket in, because I don't use my dryer the same way other people do. I only use it for blankets and towels and dog bedding. When I would throw a, a blanket in, I would have to put other things in with it because it wouldn't tumble correctly or I would have to run it through two or three cycles to get it dry. It was a process. It, it really was. It, I knew that appliance very well. I knew how to take it apart. I knew, I knew everything about that dryer. I could probably fix that dryer, but they didn't make parts for it anymore. Here's the thing. The new dryer, I can dry a blanket in 20 minutes on medium heat which is a quarter of the time, and you just toss the blanket in and it tumbles. It's like a miracle. It's a miracle. Plus, I get a notice on my phone when the dryer is done. I mean, you can't beat that, right? So You are digging the updates a lot. So the other note I see on here is wire cutter sucks. Does this relate directly to the uh, oven thing, or is this related to just the oh, levels of research that you do on things. Yeah, to make a long story short. Um, no, to make a short story long. <laughs> the, and the what we're talking about is the New York Times wire cutter. Right. The, right? Re the reviews that other people post online are, they're lying liars who lie. They're, they're, <gasps> their pants are on fire. How could you say that? It's the New York Times, the distinguished yeah. their bastion, pants, the old gray lady nope. of their pants are on fire. They have no idea what they're talking about. They recommend things that they're getting paid to recommend. I have always felt that way. And just recently, other people have come around. You know how I told you like a few months ago that when people give me an uncomfortable feeling, I just sense it. 
And most of the time I'm right because eventually it comes out like celebrities or people in our lives. Most of the time, eventually other people come around to say, oh yeah, that person, not a good person. And Wirecutter was always a site that always gave me that feeling that, that, okay, this is not good feeling. Lately, people have come around to say, yeah, this is not cool. This Just is because it's associated with journalism doesn't necessarily mean it has the same standards as journalism. Right. Most people who are experts in fields of products that they are recommending say those products that they are telling you to buy are not the best products to buy. So there were some of the ones that they like they've they've had a couple where they matched up with what you were recommending. No, I don't like think the Zojiruski travel mug. No, no, they've never recommend those are products that I recommend. I know, but like Wirecutter recommends the Zojiruski travel mug that you like. They do? Yeah, they've had that on their list for I'm mean, so I'm not saying that they're like hitting out of the park every single time, but they uh, on a couple things have aligned with what your recommendations would be. I am shocked, but So okay. I guess it would be a revision that Wirecutter doesn't completely suck. But did Wirecutter recommend Zojirushi recently or many years ago? Many years ago. And that's it's been the on their thing. list for like 14 years or something like Wirecutter that. Wirecutter used to a very 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 long time ago, 15 years ago, 14 years ago. They used to review products and do an okay job. Within the past 5 or 6 years, they're ability to review products has gone downhill because they have started doing reviews where companies have endorsed products, paid them, and the reviews have just started to suck. So They were looking at all the success that Oprah Magazine had had and decided, why can't we get on board with that? So if you need a good product review, my recommendation is to go to Reddit, really. Just type in the product you want, like travel coffee cup and then type in the word reddit after it and you will usually get a pretty good idea of what is good and what is bad either that or just go to our website our i'm surprised you didn't say our well, podcast you just email nicole yeah you you can ask comment me. on this post for this episode if it's a product that i use i can probably tell you what to use but i have I have a lot of products that I use, and the reason why I recommend them is because they last. They last forever. They last a really long time. I'm not going to recommend something that lasts for six months and then you have to repurchase it. No, thank you. No, thank you. So my opinions are good. I stand behind my opinions. That's just what I'm saying. So with that said, the rest of the episode, I'm going to recommend products and you can, I don't know, you can uh, know that those products are good. That's it. All right. So I see we've got like a, an aggregation of some of the stuff. So you know, we've, we've got, what, three weeks worth of stuff to talk about from the last time we did an episode or something of that sort? Yeah. Thank God it's not 30 episodes. Yeah. That, that would be something. Yeah. So I wanted to have you share with our listeners this thing that you've been telling me about (laughs) that you need to get some specific decorations for Halloween as well as for Christmas. And that the whole idea is 
shock and awe for the neighbors. Like one day, no decorations. Next day, badoom, these decorations. Well, I mean, now that I'm going to tell everybody what I'm going to do, it's going to ruin it. But Well, people I... locally in the neighborhood don't listen to the podcast. Yeah, that's true. So I want to get a big skeleton for Halloween. It's a skeleton that they sell at Home Depot and they sell out every year. It's The skeleton's name is Skelly. Skelly the skeleton. He's 12 feet tall. I would really like to put Skelly on the back deck and just have him out for Halloween. But then I would like to replace him overnight because I put my... Christmas decorations up on November 1st, and I would like to replace him with an equally large Santa Claus. Yes. I think that would be fun. Possibly even larger Santa Claus, right? Well, no, I think 12 foot. I think if you replace the skeleton with a Santa Claus, I think that would be funny. Also, I would enjoy just having a skeleton for Halloween and then a Santa Claus for the holidays we would be able to see a 12-foot santa claus from the window outside of our podcast studio yes you did remind me that if the skeleton or the santa claus is standing up we would only be able to see his butt <laughs> from the first floor <laughs> from the first floor but eh, it is what it is i also thought that if i just got the skeleton decoration if i didn't want to blow up like a inflatable Santa Claus, I could just put a, a a Santa hat and beard on the skeleton, which is another fun option. That's an approach. Yeah. My so, recommendation was to get one of those airblown themed things where the arms like flap up that they have at like the used car lots and everything. Yeah, an inflatable wacky way to maybe wacky, we could wave-able. get like the the twelve foot Santa and skeleton. And then get two of those arm things to flank them on their sides with great fantasticness. Yeah, I don't know about that. I just think it would be fun to have in the backyard a ginormous... Because I saw a a video of a neighborhood and every single house had a 12-foot Santa in their front yard. Which, of course, I thought was amazing. (laughs) Not something that's going to happen in our neighborhood, but... I truly enjoyed it. How much do these 12-foot things cost? Um, I don't know. I know that the skeleton is about $200. Okay. And he's weatherproof. It does... I, I read all the directions for him. Even though we don't own him, I read the directions. And he is weatherproof, waterproof, snowproof. He's washable. And it does say that it takes two people... Or three people to put him up and take him down. And it can take up to two hours. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He's big. He's 12 feet tall. So what we should be saying is, dear Home Depot, let your marketing department know that we would be happy to have, receive a review unit of your skeleton and they, or yeah, they Santa do. Claus. He has his own... He has his own, like, Facebook page. He has his own identity they have people who decorate their houses around him they have people who have ideas of how to use him in themes for entire 
holiday decorations year round. Wow. He is insane. He sells out so quickly. I think Home Depot's, some Home Depot's in popular areas start selling him in July, but most places start stocking him in September. And on TikTok and Instagram, people get very excited. Like if they go to Home Depot and they see him, they post it. Skelly is here. You can buy him. Um, he does not go on sale ever because he sells out immediately. It's it's pretty fun. So I would love one. So that's what's happening next year at our home. Probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> and um, Home Depot recommends that you keep the box that Skelly came in be, or you buy big, <laughs> this is so funny, big enough totes to carry him in with wheels that will fit his femurs <laughs> that's what they said oh i thought goodness. that was hilarious so yeah there you go so if you have this, the 12 foot skeleton i would like to know so just over a week ago we had the thanksgiving holiday and something something happened um over Black Friday. Yeah, you you ran out of storage space on your Nintendo Switch. Oh, yeah. We had to... Well, we, we deleted do, stuff, do, but we do. just... We didn't delete it. We just kind of Yeah, we, we deleted stuff so you could download the latest whatever it was that we wanted to download. What was it that you needed to download? Um, It was the over... The, the cooking game that... Oh, Overcooked. Overcooked, yeah. Yes. That's got, a... F- it's a fun game. We um we we played it for a little bit. It's it's a game that you play when you're like really in the mood to play it. We got a deal on it for Black Friday where we got three games in one and the game that we got for the Black Friday deal has a like an easy mode. Yes. I would I would say it's an easy mode, but honestly, the easy mode still a little challenging. It's still pretty hard. It's a it's a fun game. It's a fun family game, I would say. We don't say. want the challenge. We just want to cook stuff. I would say they need to make it one step easier, but I was trying to think of how they could make it easier. I don't know. It's it's a hard game. The uh, not having these, uh, there's like earthquakes that happen in the kitchen, like half the kitchen gets raised up to a higher level and then it comes back down little obstacles like that that would get in our way we want no no obstacles just fun cooking stuff yeah because i think it would be too easy without the obstacles but i don't know yeah i will say the download for the overcooked game was freaking huge like it was bigger than like the triple a titles that nintendo puts out for that little cooking game. So it, it is kind of surprising. Yeah, it took forever. So our solution was to get you a little micro SD card. And it's kind of fun because SanDisk uh, licensed uh, stuff with Nintendo. And we got you one of the <laughs> little so Mario funny. Superstar ones. And it's itty bitty <laughs> card. Once you insert it, you're never going to really see it again. So it doesn't really matter if it has an invincibility star. But well, we got it, it for like 20 bucks on Black Friday sale. That was a really good deal. And when it arrived, I opened it up and I'm like, oh, look at the little star. It's just like Mario Mario. And then I read down and it's like 
it said Super Mario. I was like, oh, I can be invincible when I put it in. And then it dawned on me that it was actually the star from Mario. <laughs> I was like, oh, huh. I knew that you would like that. I found it, sent you a link, and said, <laughs> order one of these. And there was something about the Black Friday sale where rather than it coming the next couple of days the way things normally do, it took like a week or more to get yeah, it here, which take was a while. kind of surprising, which... You know, we're talking about something that's about the size of a postage stamp. And it came in a huge envelope, too. Yes, it did. Ginormous. So that happened. But you've got tons of storage space, and I'm only going to encourage you to get more and more games to fill that card up with because everybody wins in that case. Yeah. I wish that I could play my game, my Hello Kitty game on the Switch so I could download it there, but no dice it's kind of i mean it probably is an exclusive deal that apple had with them i bet at some point in time it could end up coming out once that deal expires or whatever i'm surprised though that the hello kitty game isn't available for a switch because it seems like a switch title yeah yeah the uh other like oh my god thing that happened is like you know i came downstairs looked in the bathroom and bam brand new shower curtain yeah. One with cute dogs on it. Yeah. How how did you decide on that? Um, it was a it came on Amazon. Ah, that makes sense. Now go to the show notes and click the link underneath that that says why not this one? I saw that one. Well, so, the reason why I didn't get that one is because the other one came on Amazon. <laughs> right. And that one is like $60. But my point of this other one is it combines two things that you like, dogs and Christmas, because the other one is dogs wearing Christmas hats and I everything. I see that, yeah. I really like the the shower curtain, though. I think it's made for kids, but I love it. Yes. It's fantastic. Yes. Um. Now, another thing that you told me about that you, this was like you doing like ninja research like you do. It's like at the start of the day, it's nighttime for us. At the end of the day, it's nighttime. So when I walk the dogs, it's dark. Yeah. The sun rises at 745 in the morning and it sets at 5.05, I think, p.m. So it's dark constantly. And I'm usually walking before or after that. Yeah. And for some reason, you don't want me to get hit by a car. Yes. So you went out and you researched some stuff. Say a little bit about that. Well, I was, we have these little like uh, tags that hook to the the harnesses for um, Henry and Clem. They're little balls that you can plug like in and recharge. Yeah, they're LED lights that blink, but that's I mean, it's fine. It works, but it's not great. It's just, they're not super visible. They're visible, but they're not super visible. So I was looking for something that was a little bit better. And I found this harness and vest thing from this company called Knox Gear, and they're in Ohio. And they make vests and harnesses for dogs and people. And I decided to call them and ask them a bunch of questions. They were very nice and I ordered one. They have a sale right now. You can buy a like a bundle, a human vest and a dog harness and I think it's 40% off if you buy them both. 
I think the sale is if you buy one of them, there's still a sale if you, whatever, there's a sale. And so ours should be here on Monday or Tuesday. And they're LED lights, they're waterproof. Um, you can change the color on them. They're very bright. Uh, yeah. It's, I get to run around and feel like I'm in the movie Tron. Pretty much. Um, we're going to use the harness not as a as an actual harness, but just as a light up accessory. So, hey, we I did not get one for Clem because Clem never walks without obviously Michael, but without Henry. So I just got one for Henry and Michael, and we'll put Henry's harness on top of his regular harness or on top of his slush suit or his winter coat because lately has not stopped raining or snowing and he always wears his slush suit outside so we're gonna try it it's washable um yeah you recharge it from the reviews that i've read the light needs to be recharged about once every couple of weeks depending on how often you use it because we'll use it a lot ours will probably need to be recharged once every week but that's not a big deal so, yeah, I guess it's very bright. I can't wait. I'm actually kind of excited about it. I've yeah. been disappointed that it hasn't arrived yet. Yeah, it's uh, being shipped with DHL, which I have read that their shipping times and speeds can kind of be awful. I don't know. Sometimes they say it's going to arrive and then it transfers to the post office for no apparent reason other than they just want to mess with you i don't know uh we'll see we'll see what happens i don't know it's coming from ohio to michigan so it shouldn't take that long on their website they say shipping can take anywhere from two to i think 10 days so yeah that's a range it is it's kind of big hopefully it turns out well they've got a great return policy you can use it for 45 days and if you're not happy plus they have a year warranty winner winner chicken dinner yeah all right so that's 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 what's been happening yeah um over the holiday we uh did some dog sitting for a person we have never dog sat before we're actually on a dog sitting hiatus right now because of the the illness the mystery dog illness that's going around um we're not going to talk about the dog illness because we don't know a lot about it other than we are just doing the precautions that most everyone is doing we're uh staying out of public places where other dogs are which is how you how we are keeping our dogs safe so that's it and for those who are interested in it we'll have a link to a uh article that usa today had and and to michigan state as well yeah um so but over the thanksgiving holiday we did do some dog sitting for a dog who we know is completely vaccinated their owner had to travel for some family emergency and um, the dog's name was is sunny and i don't know what kind of dog sunny is like a beagle mix of some sort i think yeah smaller dog sunny is about i think she was about 30 pounds 35 pounds just the sweetest most agreeable dog she was just kind of like okay i'll do that whatever 
<laughs> she was just go with the flow. She didn't really want to eat a lot until about three days into her stay when she decided that we were okay and she was all right with us. And then she was, she was all about eating. <laughs> she, she decided that then she was, wanted all the treats. And so, but yeah, she was really well behaved. Um, when Sunny was here, we decided to do uh, paw prints. We talked about the paw print kits that we got and we did the paw prints with Sunny so that Sunny could have a little present to take home to her mama because her mom was having a hard week. Um, and they turned out so good. They really did. I'm so glad that we did those. They were really easy to do. They were only because I'm I did. I'm glad that I didn't have to try to do it for a cat. I think that would yeah. not be easy to do. I think they were easy because I did about two hours of research before we did them. And I found a exceptional YouTube video on how to do a really good paw print by a veterinary technician. She had some of the best directions out of all the videos I watched. And her directions, I'll put a link in the show notes, her directions were really, really, really good. So if you're going to do a paw print, which I so recommend that you do this project, I really, really recommend. And the kit that we bought, buy it. It's $5. So worth it. Um, follow her directions. Once you're done doing the paw print with this kit, people complain that the, the clay from this kit doesn't harden up. If you have a food dehydrator, stick the paw print in your food dehydrator at 165 degrees for about an hour and it will dry it out and then just let it sit on your table for a couple days. And the paw print doesn't get hard and stiff like a normal clay paw print. It's, it sets up. It's really nice, but if you drop it, it won't break. It won't crack. I don't know. I just really like it. And it turned out so nice, and I'm so glad that we have them. So fantastic. So glad we did it. So yeah, glad. Definitely something that we'll, we'll do moving forward. And, you know, while, while your dog is still living, it's not a bad idea to do because if it doesn't work out the first couple times you try it, it probably will because it's really easy to do. You could always do it again. But um, yeah, it's a nice keepsake. She was happy to receive that. And um, I like your science project of figuring out how exactly to, um, I don't know, have them cure in the right way. You and your food dehydrator magic. <laughs> well, some people said to put them in the oven and I was worried the oven because our oven is so you know, fancy, our oven would get too hot. So I decided to use our food dehydrator instead. And it worked really, really well. So you can use your oven, just make sure it's on the lowest temperature, which is usually 200 degrees. If you don't have an oven thermometer, nah, I don't know. I don't know if I would risk it. Maybe turn your oven on and then turn it off and wait 10 minutes. Because yeah, I, I just wouldn't I don't know. 
I mean, you can always do it over, but yeah. Um, other dog related stuff with the, the weather changing. Um, I have a, a site that I found a couple years ago and I, for some reason, didn't remember to save the little infographic they have. I'm always wanting to be careful to make sure that um, when it gets cold that I know how how cold is too cold outside for our dogs. So the site is called bettervet.com, and they have a lot of really great information, but they have this fun little infographic that has dogs bundled up in hats and mittens and things. And depending on whether it's like a small, medium, or large dog, it gives you kind of the the range and what the danger zone is for when it's probably not safe for them to be out and about and particularly saying that if it's wet outside and cold that that combination together is particularly bad for dogs or risky for dogs and so the temperature is start to be worried at 15 degrees and below yeah we're um we're a little that's pretty cold yeah we're a little paranoid about weather and stuff but we i mean our dogs have winter coats and stuff so we i don't know we we probably have them wear their coats when they don't need them but i don't know better safe than sorry they look cute in their coats too they do they wear their slush suits a lot and i think they're now used to their slush suits so they're just kind of accepting of it but let me tell you if you live in a place where it gets wet and soupy and gross just buy the stupid slush suits. It will save your sanity over and over and over again. <laughs> and our little guy, Henry, has been unlocking all kinds of achievement badges for getting dirty when he's out and about in his walk. You've had to give him a couple of baths. How do you, how do you decide when it's not wipe his paws off time? It's like, oh, you really need a bath. Like if it's, if it's like he's covered in mud, I, that I get. But like how, how do you decide when... It's bath time for him. He gets very stinky. He just smells. He smells really bad. He started to stink and I could smell him. And also his his fur gets very oily. I think he gets dirty faster than Clem because he goes on longer walks and he's outside for a longer period of time. And he's lower to the ground. Yeah. Also, he likes to go outside and he lays down in the dirt. Yeah, that's true. I don't know what his deal is, but he he just likes to go outside in the backyard and just lay down right in the dirt. Even after he had a bath, he just was he just went outside and he's like, okay, I'm going to lay right in the dirt, my clean, clean body. Like, dude, seriously, man. Yeah, that's what he does. But giving him a bath is really not that big of a deal because he's, I don't he's know. He's very chill about having baths. For him, it's almost like it's cuddle time. He's happy about it. Yeah, it's, it is what it is. It's not that big of a deal. So he gets a bath. Um, sometimes I use our um, our oatmeal and what is it? Oatmeal and avocado shampoo. And this last time I used our de-shedding shampoo and our, um, oh, what is it called? Our odor. So it's for dogs who stink a lot shampoo. Um, yeah, so that's what, what I did. 
Um, I find that when he gets really smelly and his fur is really oily, I don't know if it's a mini Aussie thing, but Clem never has this issue. But when his fur is really, really oily, I can't use our normal shampoo. It doesn't, it doesn't work. Doesn't do the job. It does not work at all. Even if you do it twice. Yeah. And they say that you should always use conditioner on your dog. I don't know. I don't know. Um, other things in, in Dogville, I know we've been trying this new thing from Zoetis, uh, called Librella for Clementine. We were kind of hoping that that might be a really good thing for her joints and stuff. And so far we haven't seen much of anything happen with that. Have we? No, we, I was very hesitant to try it. It's an injection. You're supposed to do it once a month and, there can be some dogs have side effects. It's new. It's a monoclonal antibody injection for dogs. And I was very, very nervous about doing this for Clem because we had such horrifying side effects with Wilhelmina with a flea and tick medication that she took. And it was not a pleasant experience. And so I was really worried about giving Clem this new medication. And so it took me a long time to figure out whether or not I was going to try it. We tried it and nothing happened. Absolutely nothing. No bad side effects. Nothing good came of it. So we're not going to continue doing it. Some dogs have had life-changing things happen. They've gone from not being able to function to getting their lives back. So that's good. Yeah. It's kind of expensive for some people, depending on what vet you go to, the prices vary. So if you've never heard of it and your dog has severe arthritis, it's worth looking into. Definitely. I kind of wondered if it didn't seem to make as much of a difference because Clem has been doing so well with other supplements that we have her on. Yeah. And I think that if your dog is currently not exercising every day and is not taking a joint supplement and not moving regularly, that could be why if you do try your dog on the Labrella, you could see a marked improvement. But because Clem is pretty active for her age. She goes on two, I'm going to say in quotes, walks every day. I mean, she does walk, but they're not like Henry they're not walks. Like the mile and a half walks like she used to take when she was a couple years younger. Right. She goes on, but she does do a lot of walking. She walks with me in the house every day. Whenever I move, she moves. So she's, she's moving all day, every day. She does not let me out of her sight. She's my little shadow. I would say she gets quite a bit of activity during the day. So if your dog is inactive, it could be that this makes a difference because your dog is inactive. And I'm, this is not a judgment at all. Arthritis is very, very painful. I don't know. I guess results, mileage may vary. As, as it often does. Yeah, of course. Of course. All right. What do we want to talk about next here? I don't know. I was trying to text with the neighbors, the, the neighbors about 
dog helping, sitting, scheduling, gigging and everything. Yeah, taking care of. Or multitasking. A little bit. Um, Should we talk about stuff we've been fixing or stuff that's been annoying us? (laughs) Um, Let's see. They may be the same thing. You never know. Uh, Let's see. Stuff we've been fixing. Um, We, uh, our water softener quit working last week. It was last week. Yeah. And I kind of feel like I have become a, I'm the, I'm, I'm our house manager. So I manage everything under our roof and I have become a, a, a fix it person. So I now house manager destroyer of problems. Yeah, pretty much. I took apart our water softener, fixed the problem and put it back together. I know everything about our water softener. Just like I used to be able to take up before they added a computer and a Wi-Fi chip and all that jazz to our washing machine and dryer, I used to be able to know how to take our washing machine and dryer apart and do all that. I can take our water softener apart <laughs> and fix it. I know all the parts. I know what everything does and I know how to fix it. It's pretty amazing. I I was impressed. You you had everything all apart, and there was cables there. And like when you needed to, you called the company and were putting them through their paces. But yeah, I was like, okay, next time I come downstairs, what's she gonna have taken apart? <laughs> I needed help with a couple things because I could not reach the plug. I was not tall enough, and I couldn't push in the the bypass the, the bypass button because I was not strong enough. But other than that, I was able to do everything else. There were a couple of things that I didn't understand because the way they explained it didn't make sense to me. But once they explained it a different way, then I understood and I could do it. And yeah. so I fixed it and everything works again. And now I obsessively check the water softener to make sure that it's working. <laughs> so if you have a problem with an appliance... You can fix it instead of just throwing it out and getting a new one. And I did also learn that if you have a Whirlpool water softener and it has a little reservoir to put cleaner in it, you should be putting cleaner in it whenever the little light pops up because it extends your warranty. So instead of... you were doing that already because you had read the manual. You didn't know that it extended your warranty. I had no idea. The, The manual said when the light pops up and... It says put cleaner in it. Use your book cleaner in it. So I just blindly followed the manual. And the first person I spoke with said, have you been putting cleaner in it? And I said, yeah, and the water's blue. The water's never turned blue before. And they said, do you have the receipts for the cleaner bottles? Or do you have the bottles? I'm like, well, why would I have the bottles? That's weird. We collect them over the years. <laughs> I said, I have the receipts because I've bought the cleaner on Amazon. They said, good, because that will extend your warranty to 10 years from five years. I was like, what the heck? So you got to do what the manual says. I, I don't know. Just follow the directions. It'll make your life better. It will. Um, yeah, there you go. You've been fighting the bird buddy camera as well. You've been uh, experimenting with that. You you got this. I, I think we probably talked about it on a previous episode at some point in time. We've talked about the bird buddy. My AI, well, it's my parents' AI camera, my bird feeder camera, which 
is now at our house. And I've said to my mom, here, your camera, your bird buddy, do you want it back? And she said, well, I'll come and get it. And so when they come and get it, they come and get it. But it's at our house right now. And what happened was Bird Buddy changed their their whole deal of how they do stuff. And they took it from everything being free to having a subscription model. I will add to that. Selling really, really expensive bird feeders with cameras like north of hundreds of dollars yeah. And so having the ability to have it take pictures, identify the birds and send you a notification seemed really really great. Well, that second part of the service ain't free anymore. Well, no, or it's it's, it's, it's still free. It's still yeah, it's still free. You can still buy a bird buddy and still not pay a subscription. The problem is is that if you do not buy a subscription and bird buddy doesn't say this, they say that everything works fine, the bird buddy still works, but I'm here to tell you, and remember what I said at the beginning of the episode, you can trust me, I know products that I use, if you do not buy a subscription, you are not going to get notifications about birds that have landed on your feeder. It does not happen, because the very instant I started paying for a subscription, I started getting notifications again about birds that were landing on my feeder. Magically and yeah. quickly. Within, I'd say, five seconds. five Literally five seconds, I got maybe six notifications of birds that I had seen land on the feeder f- 10 minutes prior. Whereas before, people were like, I don't know, you have to reboot it, yeah. you have to do this process. They just nerfed yep. the free version Yes. So right now, all I'm getting is this red squirrel that I'm in a war with (laughs) won't stop jumping up on the feeder to eat the peanuts. But that's another problem altogether. But you if you have a bird buddy, you there's no way around it, you have to get a subscription because if you don't, you are not going to get notifications. You're just not. And I've said this before, but if you have a bird buddy, and you don't have a solar panel for the top, just go on Amazon and get a add-on solar panel. If you have a bird buddy with a solar with a bird buddy solar panel and it's not working, it's because it's not going to work. It's too small. Go to Amazon and get a add-on solar panel. How much was that add-on solar panel? $26. Yeah. The one that Bird Buddy sells, I think is $110, which is just absolutely crazy. So I don't know. It's a great, it's a very fun idea, but I think that it's, I don't know. I don't want to say don't do it because it is fun, but at the same time, I I think they're overcharging people because they can. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they're overcharging people because they can, which sucks. It really does suck, but what are you going to do? Nothing. You're not going to do anything because what can you do? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Darn bird buddy. We like them and hate them. Yeah. You've been um, doing some maintenance on other things in our basement. The uh, humidifier, you've been keeping that 
up and going too, haven't you? Well, we have a humidifier in our bedroom and a dehumidifier in the basement. And oh, yes, gosh. I have been, um, I do regular maintenance on both of them, but I just wanted to remind everyone that you need to clean both your humidifier and your dehumidifier. I know it seems absolutely ridiculous, but you should, when you empty the water tank on your dehumidifier, that's the one that takes the water out of the air, you should clean the water reservoir because it can grow mold and mildew and algae in the water tank. So just soak it with vinegar or I use Otoban, just dump some in there and let it soak with really hot water and then clean it out. That's your dehumidifier. And also clean the filter, dehumidifier. So that way you don't breathe in a bunch of bad stuff, right? You're not going to be breathing it in because it's the dehumidifier. It doesn't put air out. It sucks air through. But it if the water is sitting there, it can just breed bad stuff. With the humidifier, that's the one that spits air out, humid air out. That one... You should be cleaning it every week, every single week. And you should be emptying the water reservoir every single day and refilling it every day, every week and every day. So every week you should be putting vinegar in it, running the clean, running vinegar and water through it to clean it out. If it grows mold or mildew or anything, you can get really sick, really, really sick. And if it has a filter in it, you should change your filter every 28 days. You really should. I have a Honeywell Cool Mist humidifier, and I tried to get, I tried to buy some generic filters. They were awful. So I only get the Honeywell brand filters. I get them on Amazon. And I clean my humidifier every week. No, no questions. Clean it every week. You can get really sick. You really can. I hadn't anticipated before this past week to become a junior expert of um, Generac I know, Solar right? panel things. The like you had already like yeah. become a yeah. master with all of the stuff that you were doing before, but we um, we got called in because supposedly the what the Generac inverter. What does the inverter do? The inverter connects to the solar array, which are the solar panels on the the roof, and it talks to the the um. It, the inverter connects to the solar array and then it connects to the grid. So it connects to the power where consumers comes into the house. And technically, if they had a battery, it would then connect to the battery. So the inverter connects all those things together. So it inverts the power from the sun to the, to the grid. Um, that's impressive. I wouldn't have been able to explain that in any fashion. So the uh, we your parents have two of these inverter things, and yes. one of them wasn't connecting to the internet, and the 
service person who came out wasn't able to fix it or determine exactly what was going on. So our services were deployed to try to troubleshoot this technology. Yeah. we My parents have two inverters because they have so many solar panels. They have a lot of solar panels. And so two inverters. One of their inverters was not connecting to the internet. And I'm sorry if this is boring, but this is something we did this week. We spent a lot of time on it. Standing out in the cold. Yeah. And the technician who came out kept telling my parents that it was because of their internet. And I kept telling him, no, it is not because of the internet. And because I know when I'm right, I know that I'm right. If I know that I don't know something, I'm going to say, I don't know. But in this case, I knew that I was right. And so I kept telling him there was something else that was wrong. And so we went over there and called Generac and troubleshooted. And sure enough, the Raspberry Pi or the Beacon is there was something wrong. There's something wrong with it, we well, think. Well, like thing number one is the inverters are not even connected to the local internet. Right. Yeah. There's which, a there's a card, which is why I knew that I was right. And like it's so surprising that the rep who came out didn't see that. And he's not even a rep. He is a Installer, engineer. He's an engineer who who installs and fixes solar panel arrays for a living. And so I felt like I was kind of arguing, it was like arguing with a doctor who you kind of feel like because you're not a doctor, you can't argue with them. But at the same time, when you know you're right and they're wrong, I don't know, it was just kind of weird. But there I was arguing with him in the most polite way possible. So I think we impressed the uh, the Generac help people because we we tried swapping the LTE um, dongles that were on it. So they essentially, these are dialing home over the internet over like Verizon Wireless. They've got little licensed things in there that do that. We tried swapping those, didn't make a difference. There's this thing called a Rebus Bacon. It's like branding from, from Generac. It's a Raspberry Pi. They've, they've, used some really great little devices. I was looking and I was like, why do these ports look so familiar? Because they're configured in a very, very specific way. Yeah, it was a Raspberry Pi. And it looked like that was probably uh, the point of failure. But we spent, what, two hours out there in the cold walking up and down the driveway because we were like trying to call. That was the, the humorous thing about this is we were trying to call Generac and having during that call spotty uh, cellular service so we had yeah. to walk up the driveway talk to them walk back down the driveway fiddle with the inverter and back and forth and we must have looked like real smart people to the neighbors i think yeah they probably did wonder what we were what in god's name we were doing it was really cold it was freezing cold out so but we finally think we figured it out. So they're going to send us, well, no, they already sent us the part. We have to schedule an appointment, by the way, with the the um, Generac person for next week yeah. to install that. So, yeah. Um, we have to be on the phone with the Generac person to put it in because otherwise we have to have a company come out, which is just 
too much stuff when they we can do it ourselves. They already did such a good job the last yeah. time they were out. <laughs> because we can do it ourselves, we might as well do it ourselves. So we'll do that, and hopefully it will start working again. So we started today's episode talking about retro appliance uh, maintenance fixing. We also did some retro um, Christmas yard decoration maintenance as well. Yeah, I have a, um, a, a, what are those things called? They're called a glow, no, uh, snow, no. What are those things called? <laughs> what are those glow? What are those things called? Santa globes? No, they're called. Um, uh, Please uh, hold while Nicole Googles. Vintage Christmas decorations. I have no idea what they're called. Glow? No. Snow? So no. it's a. It's about three feet tall. It's molded four, plastic. It's four feet tall. And it looks like a Santa. And this is uh, this is a black Santa. Nicole loves her black Santa. She got it at a yard sale. Her mom got it at a yard sale. He's a happy little Santa guy. He's got his it's list. It's a glow mold. Glow mold. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that either. No, it's a blow mold. Blow, blow mold. mold. It's a blow mold. It's a vintage blow mold. They sell them at Home Depot and Lowe's, ours just happens to be very old. The most popular ones right now are of Golden Retrievers and St. Bernard's and Bernie's Mountain Dogs, which I would love to dressed have. Dressed up as Santa or just dogs in general? No, they're dressed up for Christmas. Cool. I would love to have an Australian Shepherd one, but of course they don't make them. Um, Silly. I know. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So it's... It has like a, a hole cut in its back. It has a hole in its back right heel. And it, of course, came without any of the lighting mechanism or mounting things. And so you can like bid on like the vintage plugs that go in the back of these on eBay and it's not cheap. So we had to MacGyver a solution for uh, lighting that bad boy. So we got, yeah. how do we do that? Um, well, you told me what to order. I ordered a light socket with a bulb. No, light socket with a switch. It's like, like a, a cord with a, a light socket. It's on a the cord. It. Yeah. And, um, it's like a lamp, but without the lamp part of it, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just the cord and the socket, right? A cord organizer. And then I, you said just order a light bulb, but I like the, the smart bulbs and I use the brand fate f-e-i-t i use them all over the house because i like to tell our amazon friend to turn the lights on and off so i can just yell at her and say hey turn the lights on no i don't say that i tell her good morning and good night and she turns on and then custom voice control going on though so that's really great yeah sometimes i have to yell at her twice or three times because she's hard of hearing and then i i already had smart plugs so i didn't need to order those but i had them so I just plugged it into the smart plug, and then I can turn it on and off on my phone. Whew, that was a lot. So we got a little rubber uh, cable organizer that looks kind of like a comb where you run the electrical cord through the, one of the little slots. Yeah, and I never in a jillion years would have figured out. You know, I spent like 
30 minutes trying to decide how you were going to do that. I like tried to hang it off the side. I, I, the configuration that you had never dawned on me. And when I saw how you did, I was like, huh? Clever, yeah, huh? Never. I, I was like hooking the little the little notch on the side of the thing. Yeah. I'm like, how was he going? I would thought maybe tape, maybe what was he? Nope. I tried to use the hooks that came in the package. Nope. Never would have figured it out. Just laid the cable (laughs) organizer on, on the outside, ran the cable around it just once. And so like the weight of the cable holds it in place and hanging onto the side. I felt so proud that I figured that out. At one point, I just like shoved the cord in there with the bulb. I thought, is the bulb going to melt the plastic? I even asked Clem what she would do. She just kind of looked at me like, dude, I don't care. I I really don't care. Just give me snacks. I don't care. (laughs) Clem is always happy. (laughs) She really is. I don't care. Yeah, I was done with it. I finally just put shoved everything aside. I thought, you know what? It's been without a light for, what, 10 years now? Yeah. Another five days isn't going to matter. You've been wanting to replace the, the bulb thing on there for quite a while. Yeah, he needs to be restored. The poor guy is in terrible shape, but I love him. You did the research of like what's involved with stripping the paint. Oh, and yeah, it's a lot. It re- yeah, that it is. is. It's a lot. I thought, you know do that you're gonna be on santa's good list if he's fine i i adore him i take good care of him i store him correctly so it is what it is you say that a lot is what it is well it is what it is so if it's holiday themed should it be tis what it is or tis what it is i don't know i don't know so yeah there you go bob's your uncle Pretty much. Granny's your fanny or something like that. Yeah. So um, what has been annoying us? Oh, boy. Boy, that, that would be a long list, but we could pick some highlights of what's been annoying us. First off, hello, people burning leaves in the city. You're not supposed to do it. And what did they do? They do it. Yeah, we've and been And all having... our old houses end up smelling like smoke on the inside. Yeah, we've been having some issues with our neighbors burning leaves. And I can't remember if we talked about this last episode. We probably did. Um, A couple nights ago, one of our neighbors was burning leaves. And it, our our bedroom just, it smelled like there was a fire. It smelled like the campfire was in the bedroom. It was so bad. It was so bad that I woke up a couple times in the middle of the night and had to stand in front of a fan because my throat hurt and my eyes were burning so terribly. I, I'm really allergic to the smoke and I couldn't get away from it because it was so awful in our room. And there's, there's nothing you can do when someone else is controlling it. It isn't just, oh, I hate it so much. I hate it. I hate like, it. And it's... It's against the the local laws to do it. Yeah, you're not supposed to do it in, in our In part community. because people are stupid and they let their fires get out of control. And the other part is because of the toxins and the bad smell and 
Nobody can have their windows open once people do it. It's just, it's not a good thing to do. Around here, usually in December, people aren't burning because it's snowing, but because right now, climate change, it's 55, it's literally 55 degrees today. So people are burning leaves because they're like, oh, hey, I didn't take care of my leaves in September and October when everybody else did. So I guess I'll burn leaves in December. It takes a lot less time to burn than to bag them up and do it the way you're supposed to. It actually doesn't. I was talking to my dad about it and he said burning takes forever because when you burn, you burn the top layer and then the bottom layer just burns and smolders forever. And if you don't stand there and keep moving the leaves around, burning can take all day long. And that's why the whole neighborhood smells for hours and hours and hours. Hmm. It's much faster to bag them. Consider that it took us, what, four hours to do our leaves and the neighbors were burning for the entire day. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a long time to burn leaves. I didn't consider that as part of the equation, but it makes sense. Yeah. It takes forever. Yeah. You had more fun with medical care this past week. No, I did not. (laughs) You did not. No. Absolutely not. I did not. I have been through more family doctors, and not my fault either. Just, I am very frustrated with family doctors lately. If you are looking for a family doctor, if you don't currently have a family doctor, I am going to tell you questions that you should ask a potential family doctor either before you go to see them or while you are at your first appointment. So before you go see them, you should call their practice and you should say, is the doctor taking new patients? Obviously. There you go. Does the doctor take my insurance? Very important. The next question you should ask, and this question is not on anyone's list, but I'm here to tell you, this is one of the most important questions you should ask. Is the doctor planning on moving? Is the doctor planning on staying in the practice? Does the doctor have plans to leave? Just casually throw that in. And if they say, oh no, they're not going anywhere. Say, how long has the doctor been with your practice? Try to get a feel for if that doctor is going to stay there. Just trust me on this one. It's very important. Then you need to ask, if I come to your practice, can I see my doctor? Can I see anyone in your practice? Can I, if I get sick, can I talk to a nurse? Can I see a nurse practitioner? Do I have to see only my doctor Can I always see my doctor? Some of these definitely apply to the uh, internal medicine doctor that we had set me up with at the start of this year and then decided to replace because you couldn't talk to anyone. Yeah. And they were scheduled out for three months. So like if you ever needed care, good luck. Like you couldn't call and talk to their nurse. Yeah. Also, you should ask what hospital the doctor is affiliated with and if the doctor can admit to hospitals 
outside of like if your doctor is part of a practice that says like Johnson Hospital, if they can also admit to Smith Hospital, just make sure that they, if your hospital of choice is also affiliated with that doctor, just make sure. Next thing, doctor location. My doctors that I've been dealing with have multiple locations. Make sure, if this is important to you, that your doctor is either going to be available at the location you want to go to, or if they go to multiple locations, if you can see the doctor at any location that you want at any time. Oh God, just trust me. These que- these questions sound stupid and obvious, but if you don't ask them, you are going to get stuck. Just trust me. Oh, goodness. Ask the office or the doctor about their hours, their days and hours, holidays, their policies about when they answer uh, messages, when they answer like the, the portal, like all doctor's offices, most of them have those. You can type in the messages on your little fancy login web page ask when they answer those. Do they do it on the weekends? Do they do it on holidays? What about emergencies? Do they have doctors on call? Um, How far in advance do you need to make appointments? Because if you are, if you wake up on Monday and have a really bad stomach bug and you need to be seen and you call them and they say, we can get you in next month, that is not helpful. That is not helpful at all. Also, last thing, ask about what happens when your doctor goes on vacation. How long is it taking you to figure out all of these different questions? I don't like, are there any guides online or like this? The only way to get there is to go through the hell of needing care and then finding out you can't get it. Um, well, I have a webpage link in the show notes that has a lot of these questions. But in the past two months, I have figured out a lot of this on my own, unfortunately, because I have gone through three family doctors. Not my fault that I have gone through three family doctors. I have an appointment with another family doctor in February because every time I find a family doctor, they either stop practicing family medicine, they move, or they retire, they leave. It's just crazy town. It's nuts. So if you want a family doctor who is going to stick around, you have to ask them qualifying questions. You have to. It just sounds like a smart thing to do. Yeah. I I don't, I don't know. It's really difficult to be a patient. It really, truly is. That's my advice. Take it or leave it. Free advice. Like free advice that you just didn't take. Yep. If you don't take it and you find a family doctor you like and you have one appointment and during that appointment they tell you, oh, by the way, this is my last day. (laughs) You've actually had that happen. Yeah, I did. It's crazy. Like, why did they why did they schedule? 
<laughs> just feel like, hi, never I'll see you again. You will think of this episode and be like, huh, maybe I should have asked some of those questions. <laughs> Wild, crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah. You and I have both been on the uh, physical therapy type stuff. I've had uh, stuff going on with my back. I don't know if it's because I like running with Henry and I twisted it wrong or what. And you've had like nerves and everything, but you, um, you shared me a couple of good links from some guy named James Moore. You've got all these great resources from like Instagram and places, but he had like a bunch of little back stretches and things that you could do to potentially help your back. And, um, you've been doing some stuff, I think from Bob and Brad, those, uh, I I love how they call themselves and they probably are the world's most famous physical therapists. They've been doing YouTube videos for so many years. Like if you Google anything having to do with shoulders or elbows or things like that, you're going to find these guys. Um, and you also research that essentially if you want to do this, like people are told to do PT like once a day or once every couple of days, but really in a lot of cases, how frequently should they be doing the PT exercises to actually have an impact? Every hour. And that's how often you've been doing the pinched nerve exercises that you've been working on, right? Yep. Yeah. I how was, fun is that? It's a lot of work. Yeah. I was so miserable. It was so bad that I was I was not sleeping. I didn't sleep for maybe four days. It was really bad. If you've ever had a pinched nerve in your neck, you know what I'm talking about. The pain is so bad that you you fall asleep, but then you wake up. It hurts down your arm. It is really awful. It is really, really, really awful. And the way to fix a pinched nerve in your neck, if it's not structural, which I don't know if mine is or not because I'm dragging my feet to go have some sort of scan done, which I'll probably have to do anyway. But I've been doing physical therapy now for a good week and it has gotten better. Um, The way to fix it is correct your posture. It's truly it works. And if you think about the way you're sitting right now, we all slouch. Yeah. Like look at you, Nicole sitting up straight. I'm hunched over. Yeah. You I'm Mr. Hunchy hunch. Yeah. The reason why I have perfect posture right now is because if I slouch over even the tiniest amount, electric shocks will go down my arm and my fingers will go numb. My hand is a little bit tingly right now. My little finger is. But if I hunch over just a tiny amount, my arm starts just aching terribly. It's posture. It's all posture related. And the way you correct your posture is you stand flat against a wall. I've been using the door because it's easier for me. And you put your heels and then your butt and then your shoulders against the wall and then your head and that's how you know you're standing up straight and you just correct your posture once an hour and then eventually you'll realize how to stand up straight because I guarantee you as a human being right now you are not standing up straight so go do that 
as you're listening, go stand up against the wall and you'll be like, holy crap, I am really not standing up straight. Especially if you sit at a desk all day, you're not standing up straight. Uh, Position your neck so that you're standing up straight and it will feel so weird. And if you keep doing it over and over, it will feel so much better. It will improve your life. I'm about to change your world. Are you ready for this? I'm changing your world. Do the exercises for a pinched nerve that Bob and Brad recommend. It will change everything in your life. Your shoulders won't hurt anymore and your upper back won't hurt anymore. You will start to build muscle in your neck and shoulders. Posture, I'm telling you, it's life-changing life-changing good stuff you've always got the best tips and research and everything yeah it's crazy changing worlds i i resisted the urge to start singing a whole new world from aladdin you can make up one of my songs like the medical waste song yes Well, we've got a, a whole good list of notes yet that we can run through. Do you want to run through any more of those or should we should save some of them for next time? Um, yeah, we can we can save it for next time. That's fine. In a future episode, you're going to learn about what we've been playing, what we've been watching, as well as stuff that we've been sharing. Yeah, we've been watching a lot of stuff. We have been. I I uh went through and aggregated links from all of the text messages and it was kind of like a timeline of what's been happening in our lives for the past three weeks or so. I know. Did you see I added a photo of who's the boss? I've been watching who's the boss and we've been discussing for the past couple weeks who is actually the boss because I had never seen who's the boss. We've been discussing who is actually the boss in the show who's the boss there's a there's a photo. If of, you had to pick one, who would who would you choose? I think at one point or another they're all the boss, which the photo from the internet actually agrees with me because they're all wearing a shirt that says I'm the boss. It's in the show notes. I see it. I'm the boss. You are the boss. I know I am the boss. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mess with me if I'm the boss. <laughs> We've been wa- I've been also been watching CSI. Who's the boss in CSI? I've been mixing those up. CSI holds up pretty well. We're not watching this. We're not talking about this right now. Who's, who's the boss is hold, held, holds up pretty well, too. It is not bad. I've also been watching... Um, I watch CSI, but I also watched Monk because I rewatch it every year. But I watched Monk the movie. Man, that was disappointing. Oh, you did watch it. It came out. I did. I watched it because you don't, you didn't watch Monk, the television show. So did we get Peacock so you could watch it? We got a free subscription of Peacock. Yeah. Um, with Instacart, my, my favorite service in the world. Yeah. I was so disappointed in the Monk movie. I was so sad. I almost rewatched the television series just to get the monk movie out of my head because I was so disappointed in the monk movie. It's like, really? That's how you're going to go out on me, monk? Really? 
Yeah, it was not good. We've got some strong winds going outside. I'm watching one of the maple trees that has a really big trunk, and the wind was making it move like one of the branches that looks like it should never move. We have a wind advisory. Who knows? Maybe our neighborhood will have more trees down. Don't say that. Maybe our neighbors will have trees down and we won't have any down. There you go. Yeah. There you go. There's there's something about when they take old series that are beloved like that, and it's just hard to recapture the magic. The actors haven't been in the zone with the characters for years and years and years. The writers aren't always the Monk. same writers. There's a lot that goes into a show being really fantastic. Monk did a fine job with the character. He did a fine... It's not Monk. Tony Shalhoub did a fine job. The story itself was terrible. It was really, really, really bad. I, well, it was a, I wouldn't put all those reallys. It was just not great. It wasn't a typical Monk case. I did not care for it at all. Didn't like it. It was not... My favorite. I guess I won't have to spend any of my time watching that then. Yeah, you can. You just won't. You you wouldn't appreciate it anyway because you weren't. You're not a big monk fan. So that's true. And I, I haven't seen all the episodes. I, I mean, I like the show. It's likable. I just haven't watched all the episodes, and I haven't watched it as many times as you have. Yeah, I truly like Monk a lot, and I don't know. The one funny thing that they did bring up about monk is that <laughs> because it was it's post-covid everyone was using wipes and because monk was a devout wipe user during the show now everybody's using wipes and it was just funny because you know now everyone's using wipes and hand sanitizer it's like monk started a trend it's crazy now yeah and that's what everybody said L- look at us now we're all turning into monk which was pretty funny because it makes me feel like everybody is slowly turning into well no they're not people don't care what am i talking about it was just a joke (laughs) for the show never mind no one's turning into monk i don't know a lot of people have been kind of monk-like back to reality are you kidding me i was at the doctor's office it was a literal germ factory was it yeah I was, yeah, it was a germ factory. You didn't see the little kids who were, yeah. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> it was really bad. I didn't touch anything. I can tell you that. I didn't touch anything. Didn't like one of the kids sneeze like all over the counter or something like that? Sneezed, coughed in the air, wiped her nose on her hand, ran her hand down the entire counter. After she wiped her nose on her hand. And the mother had the gall to like shuttle the child to safety from me because I had a mask on. Like the mother was going to protect the child from me. Whereas I was thinking I needed to protect myself from the germy little child. Nothing against children. Please don't be upset. I love children. All children are fantastic, but that child was a germ factory. <laughs> no, thank you. Ah, oh, good times, huh? Yes. No, thank you. Needed to spray that kid down with Otoban. <laughs> Whew. 
I love that they looked at you like you were the weird one, and it really was them who was the the weird ones. Not weird necessarily, just the germy ones. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, do I didn't touch anything? It's a pediatrician's office. Well, no, it was a family doctor's office. Family doctor's office. I mean, who understands families anyway? Yep. Yeah. Well, we have that link. Sorry, we were supposed to end the show like 10 minutes ago. We have that link of the woman who said that her, her, um, her trick to living longer was um, a 108-year-old woman says the secret to her long life was to have dogs instead of children. Again, nothing against children. Nothing. It just is a choice that we made in our lives. Nothing against children. But they they can be stressors and uh, sources of germs and all kinds of stuff. Yes. We like kids. We just like not having to be <laughs> responsible for all of the things that you're responsible with kids. We like them when they belong to other people. Yes. When they go home with their moms and their dads. <laughs> <laughs> It's like puppies. I like puppies, but I like puppies when they belong to other people. Yes. I do not want to own a puppy. No, thank you. We've, we've got Henry. We're good, thanks. Yeah, no kidding. Does someone want a Henry for a couple days? That will cure you of wanting a puppy. <laughs> One morning with him, he'll be like, uh. He's wild at the start of the day and at the end of the day, and in between, he's pretty good overall like very low-key like during during the day you wouldn't realize he's like an aussie first thing in the morning and when it's like walk time and dinner time at the end of the day crazy guy didn't you like say something about like people said that young aussies are like velociraptors yeah i sent you a comic i think it was a uh, yeah it was a funny pun about it was a comic about their age range. So they're good as a puppy and then they turn into crazy bitey monsters and then they turn normal again. They're they're crazy. Yeah. When I went to take him outside before we started the show, he turned into a maniac. And we make him calm down before we give him what he wants and he gets really mad. So he gets even worse. He gets pouty. He does. So he leaves the room. And then he comes back just to bark a couple times to make sure we know what he's doing. I love when he lays down (laughs) frustrated and kind of goes, "Mm." (laughs) He grumbles. (laughs) That is our life now. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of Not Just Rainbows and Unicorns. Remember, you can visit us online at notjustrainbows.net. We look forward to hearing your comments and uh, suggestions for future episodes. And until next time, we hope you have a great week. Goodbye.